Hey everyone, welcome to the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry as we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Your two hosts along this journey are myself, Garrett Wong, and my co-host, Mr. Robert Duncan McNeil. Hello, Robbie. hello, sir. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I see you're wearing your new hat. I am. Yeah. Yes. Well, this is we- from Michelle Z. Yeah, she uh, sent us these hats. Garrett, you talked about this. I want to thank Michelle. That is such a kind thing for her to do. So I also want to thank another one of our fans and listeners. His name is Nate Lawson. He's from England. He's a robotics uh, engineer, designer. And he sent out a challenge to our Delta Flyers fans. They had designed this robot that cleans windows on the sides of buildings where, Hmm. you know, it's dangerous, I guess, for people to yeah. go or repairs windows, cracked windows. I think it, yeah, that's what it did. It, it didn't just clean, it repaired cracks or, or nicks or things like that. So they didn't mm. have to go on the side of a building. I put out this challenge. Hey, let's name this new robot that I built. And I responded. I said, you should name it the Paris. Which <laughs> would be an acronym for pinpoint and repair in seconds. I thought that was a oh. funny pinpoint and repair in seconds. So he actually, I guess, proposed that to his boss, his company. They did name it the Paris. They changed the last name because I guess it takes more than seconds to do this. So they renamed it uh, the Paris, standing for pinpoint and repair in sequence. So um, oh. yeah, so... Uh, my so I got the I got the naming of this and I want to say uh, after I, I uh, we they came up with that name um, uh, he sent me a gift and it is a piece of glass that is etched and see and and seals um, some kind of gas so that when you what? turn it on the Star Trek logo and it says the Delta Flyers with the Star what? Trek logo and it comes up like the it, it looks kind of like all right there whoops well there's whoa, whoa. There's, there's the paris there's the paris <laughs> there's the paris awesome. for those that are got video on this that's the Paris. Yeah. it's a photo yeah. of the paris on a piece of glass yeah then uh looks like that's nate right there there's nate give a big shout out oh and look see the gas inside of that that glass that i guess his robot repairs the gas when you send some electricity to it it lights up the etchings inside so it reveals this sort of hologram it's kind of cool so he well, uh, he sent a little thank you for that so I, and i'm gonna take i'm gonna take the cue of a future episode where harry kim doesn't get a promotion and someone else that we know gets one on the bridge <laughs> Nate and, Lawson. And, oh, and uh harry goes uh where's my pip Where's my promotion or whatever right i'm gonna say where's my little gift glass where's my robot nate Where's my rope? <laughs> First of all, when you said uh, pinpoint and repair in seconds, and you said that it takes longer than seconds, I thought yes. the next thing that you were going to say is they change it to param, pinpoint and repair in minutes. But no, they kept the no, Paris. They there, kept the pretty Paris. Cool. Yeah, it's kind of cool. And There's if it was just, yeah, it's very cool. There's a robot named Paris, and I was in my weirdo head. I thought, man, could it have been called Kim? Um, and now that I know it's a repairing thing, I thought it was just a cleaning thing. Yeah. Right? So, because I may not, just I'm not very thing. smart about robotics, so I may have misunderstood it, but it was repair. That's right. I yeah. remember he said it yeah. fixes uh, damaged windows or something. Well, if someone makes an automatic robot that just cleans, they should call it the Kim. And then yes. that acronym could stand for clean it mofo is what I would go clean with. Clean it so, mofo. So, yeah. It's I like clean it. with a K a little yeah. bit more, you know. I have one more thank you I want to send out uh, for a lot of people out there. You guys know that uh, Rebecca and I got married and Eve England sent Rebecca and I a virtual wedding card. Congratulations card. So I just want to thank Eve England and all the fans oh. that sent out their wishes and uh Best wishes and congratulations for our wedding. Uh, it was wonderful, little elopement wedding, and uh, we appreciate all the love and support you guys sent. So thank you. Yes, yes you sent me some pictures. You guys uh, had to brave the elements out there. Uh, yes, we did. Windy, cold, and uh, it's everything. You know, but you know what? Crazy elements doesn't stop. No love. No, it doesn't. We uh, we started. We had a pop up tent from my show, like a you know a, a tent 
no sides on it so we could see and we we had a, a, a we had that just in case the weather was bad which it was it started off raining and then it started hailing there was hail oh, and no. sleet happening in the middle we almost we were the the officiant was like should we keep going like maybe we should go get some cover but we had the tent so the hail's coming down and then by the time we finished just as we finished everything cleared up and the sun came out so we oh, basically wow. had all the experiences of weather in about 25 minutes yeah and you've been in canada long enough hail is a big issue yeah up here as i'm sure in certain northern states in the u.s probably in other yeah. parts of the world but good lord like I, there's always you know there's always a time that megan will point something out she'll like that car hail damage and she'll point you know be sitting really? on the side of the road with all these dents in there yeah it's like wow. you don't get your car in a cover in hail in canada you are in for a shock yeah <laughs> it's like the entire car is just the whole hood the 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 the, the roof everything is just it's horrible dinged it's up yeah. yeah completely dinged up well um congratulations well, here, again buddy thank you and here in yes. space where you're sitting i see yeah. space behind you and uh-huh. next to my delta flyer shuttle behind me yeah. yeah there is no weather it's always beautiful it is always it's just a balmy yeah 69 70 degrees until the meteor shower starts or the, <laughs> the cloud of of comets that and yeah anyway Okay. okay. Well, let's go. Let's go. We're caught up on our gifts and our thank yeah, you yeah. and all of that. Um, mm-hmm. Let's dive into an episode. Let's go and watch this episode. Awesome. And um, for all of our, our Patreon patrons, stay tuned for What Do We Remember? Hey guys, we are back from watching False Prophets. False Prophets. Yes. Um, you know, I am just going to jump right at it and say this may be one of my least favorite episodes of the series so far. I'm going to be honest with you. Okay. And I didn't remember much about it. I really didn't remember that I had a lot to do because Chakotay and I are down on the planet for a lot of the time. Didn't remember that. Um, But I got to say on so many levels... I was, uh, this was my least favorite so far in three mm. seasons, three and a half or whatever it's been, two and a half seasons. Wow. We're, we're halfway through season three, I think almost. Um, yeah, not my favorite. Didn't like it. We'll talk about it. Not my favorite. Well, on a scale of one to 10, what, what, are, you ra- what are you rating this? Two. Ah, this is a two. Yeah. I don't know if I'd go that low, but hmm. Okay. Yep. All right, let's let's go ahead and start the way we always start. Let's start with our haiku and limerick synopsis. Synopsis. Yes. Synopsis. Okay, mm-hmm. here we go. The haiku for False Prophets season three of Voyager. Fake Ferengi gods. Wormhole to Alpha Quadrant. Crew remains stranded. <laughs> there you go oh i envy the days when i only had to come up with a haiku yes, i know <laughs> like every All single right. this is what's so damn funny like every single every single episode of delta flyers since i've taken over limerick like robbie and i will go watch and Robbie's always like, okay, I'm done watching. You ready to go back on and, and discuss? And I'm like, yeah, I'm done too. Just working on the limerick. Still working, like, on, the, still working on the limerick. Like, 20 minutes later, still working, still on, the working on the damn limerick. Okay, it's, here we yeah. go. <clears throat> My limerick <laughs> for false prophets goes as such. We track a wormhole which recently disappeared. A nearby planet ruled by two Ferengis that are feared. Holy sages are gods they portray, using replicators to perform miracles they say. Ascended to the heavens, the Takarians cheered. <laughs> wow. Wow. You got a lot into that limerick. Oh, man. I Whoa. got as much as I could. You know, you did. I, I said, I'm going to cram as much as I can into this limerick. You and did. I, that I was did. a very full limerick. Well, congratulations yes, on that one. Um, Thank you. All right, so let's talk about this. Cliff Bowl directed this episode. He did, Cliff Bowl. Always love Cliff Bowl, but I got to say, this was not Mm. Cliff's best work. 
I'm sorry. Mm. Let's just be honest. And he's. Are you uh, saying that he phoned it in on this one? I don't know. It was just. It was. Um, I don't know. Uh, it didn't visually. It was not very dynamic visually. In fact, it was underwhelming in in a new number of places. The whole market area of of uh, this planet was way underpopulated. Like. Yeah, it felt like there were 10 extras in the whole scene where you wanted to have like <laughs> 200 people out there in the crowd. And I know, I know we wouldn't have had 200 extras, but we should have had more than whatever, 10 or 15 or whatever. There yeah. should have been 50 people out there. Or yeah. It should have been full. And it was not. It was and, and well, also, Robbie, if Voyager was filmed today, CGI is cheap enough that you could fill that entire square. You could replicate. You know? Yeah, you could do crowd duplication, things like that. Mm -hmm. But there's also ways to shoot, even if you did only have 15 extras, mm -hmm. there's ways to shoot it with long lenses and compressing the frame and all kinds of mm -hmm. things that Cliff could have made it feel a little more authentically like a marketplace and it just felt yeah. like you felt like you had 10 or 12 people wandering around in a circle anyway gotcha. uh not yeah. very dynamic okay. i thought the script okay. yeah i thought the script was a bit of a mess uh mm. our writer well the story was uh george brozak uh teleplay was joe minoski so which Joe's again i'm a big play i'm a big joe minoski fan but this was mm. not great work it really wasn't okay. All right, well, let's start on the very beginning. Uh, we're on the bridge. We're tracking this wormhole. Mm -hmm. Tuvok then detects there is a use of a replicator mm -hmm. on an M-class planet nearby. The reason why he discovers that, Janeway sort of uh, you know, makes the decree. Let's see if we can find out what's going on. Maybe someone nearby mm -hmm. can help us with this wormhole. And mm -hmm. that's when we find this replicator signature which is very exciting oh, for yeah. the fans because now we know there's somebody here from the alpha, from the alpha quadrant yeah. yes yeah. which is where we want to go i love when they're, when they're talking about this wormhole that's moving that it seems to be fixed on the other end but moving yeah. on our end right and she says right. something like wagging around the universe like the tail of a dog i love that line. Oh, i don't know why is that your attempt at janeway's Accent wagging around the universe like a tail of a dog that's yeah. pretty good thank you that's not bad i don't know why her reading on that <laughs> line just made me laugh yeah so you basically talked about a line that janeway delivers in the science lab so you jumped ahead a little bit oh did right? i because okay. yeah because we're on the bridge and harry is assigned to go work with balana Again, with it. Again, right? Jeez, yeah. Louise. Look, Halana is a re is a reality. It's a real thing. Halana is a real thing. Harry and Balana. Um, Paris is assigned with Chakotay. So Pacote or Cheris is assigned to go down to the planet. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, not a lot of scenes with Pacote really. It's the Pacote pairing is not no. common. No, it's not common at all. And especially, you know, I found it interesting that Paris and Chicote had some conflict in season two. And obviously Paris, the backstory was he was pretending to be this rebel and have all these difficulties, but we never really saw the reconciliation. Like we never, there's, you know, uh, we yeah. don't really deal with that. By no. the way, I got to say, yeah. I think this was one of the episodes filmed in season two that was aired in season three. I think that this is okay. one of those episodes along with Sacred Sacred Ground, which I directed my first directing experience. After the rewatch, do you, do you recall where the the uh, town square was shot at? The palace, the temple? I, I don't, but remember remember we were talking about that before we we watched the episode. And mm -hmm. uh, I, th I do think it was like on another stage that we didn't normally use. Okay, but similar to when we filmed The Thaw with yeah. Michael McKean, that yeah. was on a stage we really never really used. So, yeah. Um, all right. Maybe it was that stage. It could have. I don't think it was that far over. I feel like it was okay. much closer to our regular stages, but it definitely was on a stage different than we normally used. Maybe it okay. was stage six or 10 or something very close to us. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let's let's go back to the other scene that that we jumped over. Mm -hmm. the, we then uh, after the bridge, we get our assignments. Um, then we're in the Takar town square, the town of Takar, where we find out uh, about the Song of the Sages. So there's a there's a little bit of singing of the Song of the Sages by one of the guest stars. And we meet who I have called Creepy Shoe Guy. Creepy Shoe Guy comes out 
and he looks at your shoes and Chakotay's shoes and talks mm-hmm. about how they're very fine shoes and you can tell a great deal about a man from his shoes, um, which immediately made me think about my own life. Um, when I was young, I guess my grandfather was criticizing my tennis shoes that I was mm. wearing. Yeah, because he said that uh, no gentleman should be caught dead in, in any shoes other than leather shoes. Like le- that showed your status if you had proper wow. leather shoes. And if you wore tennis shoes, which, you know, like canvas uh, converse chucks, mm-hmm. those were for peasants. <laughs> like if you wear tennis shoes, just not respectable uh, shoes. Um, I do want to say that Tom Paris yes. is dressed like Aladdin. I love the pants. I'm wearing hammer pants. You are wearing hammer Aladdin slash Aladdin. Pants. I love those. So Chicote. Yeah, it's like parachute pants, uh, ha- mm-hmm. MC hammer pants. Yeah. I love the hammer pants. Um, yeah. I noticed that right vest, away. Yep, right. The, the vest and, and the everything. purple coloring. It did look like Aladdin. Very I Aladdin-esque. It. I love goodness. It. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but creepy shoe guy then turns into creepy ear seller guy. Like, you know, you discover that you have to be wearing an ear mm-hmm. in order to go into the temple. And you guys are like, what? So we don't I know do remember happening. that actor being very nervous or I, I remember when I saw the episode mm-hmm. and seeing that actor, I just had such vivid memories of him. Um, I think having struggling a bit with either nerves or anxiety or something. And I remember really? shooting those scenes huh. and maybe because he had so many lines and I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what it was. I wish I could, f- I'd love to find out. It didn't come off that way though. No, like, didn't. he didn't look un- uncomfortable. And the only reason why I call him creepy, you know, shoe guy or creepy ear seller guys is just the laugh that he, he affected on uh, mm-hmm. as that character. He had this really, kind of freaky look uh, sounding laugh. I thought um, he was great. I thought he was yeah. really good. And, um, but I did vividly remember, and I'm not sure exactly what it was, that there was just some nervousness or anxiety, or I, I, mm-hmm. I remember some, some sort of struggle when we were filming those scenes with him. Yeah. That it was, um, yeah, that I, that, that my heart, you know, I felt, I felt yeah. Bad for him on some level, but I don't recall right. the details of that. But I knew that I feel like it was a kind of nervousness or maybe yeah. struggling to remember lines, things like that. This, that's, you know, it's this... always hard when we had guest stars and they would struggle. Yeah, and you just feel like, hey, just relax, like, yeah, you know, just have fun. It's yeah. gonna be okay. Well, you know, if you think about it, as a guest star, you're showing up. It's almost like you're. A- you're a transfer to a high school, a new high school yeah. where everyone else already knows everybody, you know, and this could have been very well, this gentleman's very first guest starring gig, maybe period. Yeah. Right. And, he, and when that happens, the nerves are just, you can't even, you can't even imagine how nervous you are at that yeah. point. Right. It's just yeah. like, Oh my gosh, I want to do well. I don't want these serious series regulars to look at me and think that I'm, I'm not up to, up to the yeah. job that I can't do my job and this and that, and yeah. you know, all kinds of stuff. I thought he did a good job and you do too, in yeah. terms of the final product. Right. But it's interesting that that struggle was there. Then we do, then we go to the science lab where the, the immortal wagging the tail line from Janeway comes mm-hmm. out. And of course, Torres and Kim are together. Mm-hmm. Halana is, are together once again. <laughs> um, we go back to the Takar town, town Square, and um, we see Rob LaBelle, guest star Rob LaBelle, who Enough. was also a guest star earlier on Voyager in the mm-hmm. episode where he played a um, Talaxian. Yep. And he was trapped in the prison of the Vidians, right? The Vidians mm-hmm. were basically experimenting or using all the prisoners mm-hmm for their parts and um and rob labelle shows up again and that really that really uh well he was a friend describes... of ken billers too right wasn't he rob a... A... rob was a good I... friend i think they were good friends yeah i think so but but i just wanted to point out the fact that oftentimes actors are used over and over again you know as long mm-hmm. as you don't screw up the first time you show up um the powers that be the producers and writers of Voyager and other Trek shows keep using different actors. And the great mm-hmm. thing is you can put people into prosthetic makeup and use them again. Um, Cause obviously he, he's not a, uh, he's not a uh, Ferengi or a Talaxian uh, in this episode. He is a human, a humanoid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we are introduced to the two Ferengi sages, Eridor and Cole. 
uh, Paris makes a comment about how, how he doesn't really like this town, this town square. And then among, uh, after the announcement of the Ferengi and all the women come out and Paris has that one line. On the other hand, so that was that was his well, uh, as we sexist were, remark. <laughs> exactly. As we were talking yeah. about before we watched the show, as soon as I saw that the guys come out, I was like, oh my God, yes, that's exactly what it was. It was like yeah. so, dare I say, exploitive. It just felt like it was unnecessary. It just felt unnecessary and distracting. And that whole first scene with the low angles and the and the skimpy outfits, I just thought, why? I don't know. I'm all for like beautiful people, men, women, whatever, like bodies are beautiful and all that. I'm not, I don't think we should cover up out of shame for whoever we are, whatever kind of body we have. But something about that just felt so like old fashioned exploitation. <laughs> I was just like, ugh. Yeah, which so basically, is part of the thing Robbie. that like ruins this episode for me. It's like okay. so many things don't fit. I don't think that was necessary. I okay. think the the broadness of performances. So I'm going to go generic for you know global for mm -hmm. a minute, but like the performances were way too big. Even even including mine and Chakotay's down on the bridge. I think Janeway. Here's my laundry list. I'm going to vomit it all out. I think Janeway makes a foolish decision. We have a way to get home in the wormhole. And she twists her logic to say, well, Starfleet somehow is responsible for these Ferengis being here. Like, yeah. dude, just take care of your crew and you got a wormhole. Like, if it weren't for that decision, we might have been home. Um, there's that story problem to me. I felt okay. like, God, Neelix, I'm just vomiting all this out, but like Neelix mm. giving up his whole undercover mission so easily is a, is a huge hit to him as a hero. Like, how can yeah. he ever be a hero again? Yeah. He's had this moment where he just like, spit everything out instead of trying yeah. in a heroic way to accomplish his mission. I thought that was a huge mistake. I don't know. I could go on and on. This is why I gave it yeah, a two, you, two out you, of 10. Wow. You, you just jumped the gun and <laughs> jumped all over this episode. There's no chronological, there's no chronological order to this. No, we're no. just going to just jump <laughs> all over the place. Just had well, spill, <laughs> spit it all out. So you okay, see, well, to go back to your, so you see where I'm coming from. Uh, uh, yes, we see where you're coming from. Okay, and you, you know, the sages talk about exploitation begins at home, but Robbie McNeil talks about exploitation begins on the set of this episode. Yes, exactly. <laughs> By the way, I actually befriended, uh, I think, a couple of those background actors. I remember, of course, you such did, a Garrett. random, of course. Robbie, this is such a random memory, but I remember uh, at the time a friend of mine was a, cl a club promoter and he had an evening on at a club on Sunset Boulevard in Los Angeles in Hollywood, mm -hmm. um, West Hollywood actually. And I was helping him out. So I invited them to come to that evening and I was at the door and it was just so hectic. Like all these people were trying to get in. And then, I don't know, a couple hours after I was standing out there, um, two of the gals showed up yeah. and they were like, Hey Garrett. I'm like, Oh yeah. Hey, Hey. But I was just so stressed out because people were just, you know, tugging at your coattails basically. Yeah. But um, I do remember befriending uh, at least two of them, but I never dated them. It was not an Akraterian thing. It was not an Akraterians would never do that. No. Which no. is coming up soon, uh, by the way. Coming up soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Okay. So um, we go to the briefing room. Yes. And we learn about this wormhole that seven years ago, the Starship Enterprise hosted negotiations for ownership of the Barzon wormhole. And to me, I started thinking that is, that's crazy. Like you, that they would actually sell the rights to a wormhole. I, I mean, know. is this, is this, I, this is this status quo? This is this what something I'm that's commonplace? About. It doesn't I mean, sound what? like Starfleet. It doesn't sound, no. it doesn't sound like something we would have done. I'm sure the writers have some reasoning why they came up with this story, but it just, yeah, ready. It all sounds like we're making crap up a little bit just to kind well. of give us an excuse <laughs> to have some Ferengi in the Delta Quadrant. We're sort of bending rules and making crap up. I've never seen Starfleet auction off parts of space ever. I, it just made me think about maybe like a an HGTV show about you know remodeling wormholes or something. It's just like it's yeah. just buying wormholes and flipping them. You know, it's like okay, 
weird. I just didn't What's uh, weird even that think that that was- Starfleet a, would auction something for profit. That sounds like a Ferengi thing to do, but not a right, Starfleet who, thing. They're about treaties exactly. and agreements and respect and all that stuff. But still, it's still bizarre that you could have ownership of a wormhole. I yeah. mean, it, it's so, uh, that that concept is so foreign and so bizarre to me. But yet we that, have, you know, it's it's a path through space, but yet on yeah. on planet Earth, we own roads, like private roads and private yeah, land. Yeah, that's so. true. I guess you could, right. That makes sense. Um, Tuvok objects to the interference saying that it's, you know, it's, a, it's mm -hmm. in direct opposition. Mm -hmm. Um, to Starfleet protocol, mm -hmm. we can't. We cannot interfere. Um, we can't deal with this. Janeway then comes up with her, her uh, reasoning, which you object to, uh, <laughs> which is since Starfleet was uh, supposedly hosting the negotiations for the ownership of this wormhole, we are directly responsible for these Ferengi. Um, being shot into the Delta Quadrant and and that we need to take care of this situation, um, which no, everyone agree. agrees to. Nobody, nobody, nobody objects to that other even than Tuvok. Tuvok in the no, but even Tuvok says your logic is sound yeah, or something. He, he, I don't agree he, the logic is sound. I think it's, <laughs> it's twisted. And uh, it's, uh, yeah. At least the Ferengi have the, uh, you know, commentaries and, dis and judgments from the the rules of acquisition to turn to like we didn't yeah. have a book of starfleet protocol to say ah are we responsible or not no just whatever she says goes so uh, no exactly yeah. um we go back down to the palatial temple and um Arador and cole are upset about the prophets being down from the gana province we don't we finally learn rob labelle has a name his name is kafar which if you take the first letter K and change it to a J, now Jafar is a character from Aladdin. So mm -hmm. it's sort of, there's a lot of there's a Aladdin, lot of Aladdin type going of, on, yep. Yeah, look at the shoes that Cole and Eridor are wearing, that kind of upward twisty sort of Aladdin-esque type of mm -hmm. um, shoe wear. Uh, it's just it's so many little references I felt to mm -hmm. Aladdin. We go to the transporter room um, and we basically have transported these two Ferengi up to Voyager. Um, they're freaking out. They're like, what's going on? Um, we explained to him, we explained to them that we're taking them back to the Alpha Quadrant and we're going to bombard the local subspace instability with Verderon particles. And this is how we're going to attract the wormhole back to us. It should reappear mm -hmm. because of that. Um, but then of course uh, the Ferengi's then start uh, complaining and their argument is what happens to a people when they lose their gods despair fear confusion you're going to leave them with darkness doubt and hopelessness if you take us so Janeway's like you're right we'll let, we'll let you go but unbeknownst to the Ferengi we are hatching a plan to make it more profitable to leave or as Janeway says less profitable to stay and her famous where I love that line where she says, we have to out Ferengi, the Ferengi. And she does a little <laughs> bit of an eye, a little eyebrow raise at the end there, mm -hmm. which was, you know, um, yeah. And then we're at the temple. The, the Ferengi have set up an ionic disruption field around the temple square mm -hmm. to prevent any unauthorized beam outs. Um, the Grand Proxy, as played by Neelix, is now the, the messenger of the Grand Nagus, mm -hmm. who basically rules over all Ferengi and he comes with the order that they must be recalled back to the Alpha Quadrant. Well, uh, let me let me ask you this. So yeah. Neelix beams down to the planet and he has altered his appearance to look yes. like a Ferengi and um and he acts puts on this cover this act to look like to act like a Ferengi. Um, yeah. Have we done that on our show before? Have we altered anyone's appearance, any character? Like has Janeway altered herself? I mean, maybe, you know, done her hair differently, worn different clothes, but has she, I can't think of another episode where any of our series regulars have altered their appearance. And what I'm getting at is- We did, we did though, when, Robbie. When? We did, Chakotay. What did he do? He altered his appearance. What, what to look like 
of Vidian, the same one that Rob LaBelle was in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. Isn't that funny? That Look at that connection. Um, wow. Because okay. he had to come well, down. Remember, he was a jailer. He was a Vidian jailer. And yeah. so he, yeah. Well, I so guess what was I'm, your point, though? My point, were you though, is I think that that's a very dangerous uh, line to cross mm. uh, as a show because because we're already in a fantastic made-up world anyway. And as soon as you yeah. start saying, oh, well, we'll just change the way Ethan Phillips looks from a Talaxian to a, to a Ferengi and let him play this fake character, I guess yeah. I, I don't like it because I don't ever like when characters have to act like different people because A, it's saying that, oh, our character of Neelix is a good actor. Hmm. He can go in and pretend to be somebody he's not i just think that it's always dangerous to do like acting within acting you know what i mean like ethan is playing a character mm -hmm. no, who's playing you. another character it gets confusing and then yep. you change his whole look i just think it makes the show in general feel like more fake when we are able just to change our appearance and pretend we're somebody else and all of our all of our you know crew members are good actors that they can mm -hmm. just go act like whoever they want. I think it makes the whole show feel more fake. So that was one of my other problems. By the way, I was okay. I was Googling, just to pause on the plot for a minute, I was Googling this yeah. episode and I saw a quote where Cliff Bowl, the director, he said, you know, I think the studio was really, or the network was really mad with me. Uh, I regret directing it so silly that I let the actors go so broad and so silly that, that we were trying to be funny but I think we went too far. And I think the studio and network felt that way too. I thought that was an interesting thing to read because I agree. I don't, I think it was, maybe they thought they were being funny, but it went so broad that it wasn't even funny anymore. Yeah. You know, like the funniest things are things that feel uh, true and authentic. That's when people really laugh, I think. Um, and this didn't feel true or authentic on so many levels. It just felt too big and broad and silly. It felt silly. Well, do you well do you think he was referring to all the scenes in this? Because the only thing that I thought was super broad was that whole fight scene between Neelix and the two Ferengi. That was just like okay. Well, it's just this is sort of like silly. You know, yeah, Three Stooges. You know, yeah. very slapstick right if you so, think about three stooges and the best versions of three stooges you knew they were mm -hmm. never going to truly get hurt but the best version was when you thought the three stooges were going to get hurt for a second yeah and yeah. then you realize oh my god they're okay and then it's yeah. even funnier because because it feels like what's happening is real on some level this just mm -hmm. i think cliff's comments were his feelings that yeah we just let it get broad and silly and not realistic and that was my feelings about the whole episode mm. with everybody it, it, it felt that way with my performance it felt that way with uh rob labelle's character i just didn't believe mm. it i didn't yeah. think neelix i love johnny phillips and ethan you know ethan phillips you know that mm -hmm. i love him but i mm -hmm. didn't think this was his best work um because he was do having to do something that was just you know neelix pretending to be a Ferengi pretend yeah I don't know it was too much and I, I will I mean I do understand your your concern or your dislike of mm -hmm. characters being changed to look like a whole nother I, I, I get that but at least we didn't do that in every episode right I mean yeah. we saw it uh in the the Vidian episode quite a while back mm -hmm. and now we see it here but we don't rely upon that and I, I know it's a little bit dangerous to go into that territory where you can say yeah you know it doesn't matter who you are we can mm -hmm. make you look like any species in the galaxy yeah and that to serve this to make this story fit you know mm -hmm. to put this round peg into the square hole we're just gonna say bam you know mm -hmm. you're gonna look like so-and-so yeah. you're right that that is a that's sort of the cop-out the cheap the easy way of doing yeah it, right so by the um, way by the way um when i was trying to look up uh a couple things about like this episode and cliff yeah. bowl and some yeah i did notice that um this episode was nominated for an emmy award for best costume design hmm. that bob blackman was nominated for the under cleavage concept so maybe i'm wrong maybe you know I mean, I, I'm trying to think what would have earned well, maybe, the costume design. It couldn't have been my I, hammer pants. No, but I would Ferengi. say it would be it would be yeah, it would be Colin Arador's costume. I mean, being so yeah. elaborate and, and colorful and 
and uh, you know extravagant look of of not only Colin Arador but yeah. also their their harem. You yeah. Know? Um, so yeah, it's everything. Um, you get nominated for the whole picture from right, the Starfleet right. uniforms to the the planet. You know the 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 population of the planet. The yeah. the creepy shoe guy and the sage and even your and, hammer plant. Even your hammer pants and my hammer pants and the Aladdin look. <laughs> your Aladdin look. <laughs> but I think the un, the under cleavage concept, which I've never yeah. seen before or again, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Um. I think. Uh, Part all was all part of what got a, a costume nomination for Bob Blackman. So I thought that was interesting. Anyway, yeah. let's jump back into our plot. Where were we? Okay. Neelix um, is down on the planet pretending to be the proxy. Right. And yep. he's, you know, he says, I'm going to go. And uh, he says, listen, guys, you're going to have to prepare a speech to tell these people that you're leaving. So, mm -hmm. and this was the plan that was hatched in the briefing room back up on Voyager that yep. you just can't snatch the, these people's deities away from them. We need to, to give them some sort of exit plan. And the, the best way is to have them say that they're gonna be leaving. Mm -hmm. So Neelix makes the announcement, I'm gonna be heading out here into the town square. And when I'm back, I'm gonna review your speech. Well, the Ferengi then decide that the only way that they can you know, save themselves is by killing the messenger by killing the grand proxy slash Neelix. Mm -hmm. So Neelix returns and that is when this whole slapstick fight scene happens with the two swords that they have they're trying to kill mm -hmm. Neelix with and it's just it's very broad type of you know comedy. And, and and you're right. I was bummed out that Neelix gave up his cover so quickly. It was just like okay, okay, I'm not I'm not really who you, I think who you think I am. And yeah. then he leaves, they kick him out. They are triumphant that they've they've foiled Voyager's plans yet again. Um, but that's when, I guess, Neelix, Chakotay, and Tom Paris mm -hmm. discuss what to do. They find out that there is a holy pilgrim. They yeah. know that there's more yes. songs. Yeah, in the songs of the sages, there's more verses which talk about not only the, I mean, obviously the beginning of the song of sages talks about the arrival of the sages but the end of the song of sages talks about the departure yes. of the sages so this is the opportunity that they've been looking for and uh neelix basically poses as the holy pilgrim and he gets up on uh, the platform or on the on the uh, steps of the of the temple and he starts to say hello and <laughs> then the camera pans across the town square and never before does it look more barren and five people and they're kind of sleepy and it's later that night and and you're you're you know your complaint about how <laughs> how sparse it looked yeah uh it, it's definitely reinforced in that shot i mean that scene is just it's ridiculous there's nobody there nobody's there um but then yeah, and then even when Neelix speaks, nobody responds. So it's up to you and Chakotay to sort of tell people, hey, hey, it's the Holy Pilgrim. It's the Holy Pilgrim. So everyone starts to come over and, mm -hmm. and watch. You guys then announce to Voyager to shoot out some Polaron bursts um, to fulfill this, uh, because, this prophecy. Yes, because right? in the Song of the Sages, for their departure, mm -hmm. three stars, three new stars three appear. Appear, yes. So we create the illusion of three new stars to fit into their religious and you know spiritual Correct. song of the sages books and stories so Correct. Yeah, the 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 um the stars appear and then uh they decide okay we got to send them home on a wings, wings of, of fire, fire. Mm -hmm. uh-oh this is going to go bad so they start to tie yeah. them up and build a bonfire and they're going to burn them alive with, burned at the stake burned at the yeah. stake so Paris and Chakotay run up in the midst of all this chaos <laughs> right there by the guys tied up, which again, it just felt like cheesy and poorly staged maybe and directed and maybe written. I don't know. It just felt silly. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's go inside and turn off the, the, uh, the, the things that are blocking us from what, what's it called? It was preventing us from, beaming back the polaron blocker it's like a, it's like a dampening a dampening, dampening field, field or something yeah yeah mm -hmm. so we go in and chakotay shoots his laser phaser which by the way we've had phasers this whole time like <laughs> why don't we just stun the guys and drag them home like really we've yeah. had phasers like yeah. 
Oh my god! It's a silly episode. Two out of ten. Two like, out of ten. I'm N- telling you, Neelix. Neelix could have stunned them when he was in there he as a grand, grand and uh, drag the grand them home. Yeah, uh, that could have happened. Oh my You're god! Right. <laughs> and then, so they get, so they get everyone gets beamed back up to Voyager, and now we have scenes that jump back and forth between the transporter room and the bridge. There's a security detail waiting. Uh, Ensign mm-hmm. Murphy. Yes. Uh, Ensign Murphy is played by a background actor. I don't know his name, but no, he but... is the one person I always say that blonde people look good in the gold uniform because he's blonde and that gold really, really? kind of... I go yes, with the darker because... complexion, the olive skin, the warmer skin, no, the darker hair. No, I think it looks great no, with the olive. I... <sighs> with the gold. This brings up something that happened later in Voyager with Jerry Ryan. Jerry Ryan was supposed to wear the gold uniform and she told the producers, I'm not going to wear that. I'm going to be, I want to be in a different color. So they put her in teal and she's blonde. And when, she, when I talked to her about that, I'm like, why are you wearing this color? The script says you're in, in, in the gold one. She goes, oh, I'm not going to be wearing that puke yellow because she's, no, she's noticing what it looked like on me. And the gold doesn't look that good on Asians, but the gold looks great on blonde Caucasians. And so she wow. really missed out. I'm looking fabulous because of how it looked I think the these. gold looks great on like olive skin anyway uh, okay i gotta wear red yeah, dude I, so i <laughs> red's uh, good though i think red's red's really red's good okay uh, well, murphy i want to say gets outmanned by the ferengi the two but it's not just murphy this murphy and an asian security detail guy that's who, the first time i've seen that background guy oh, and nice. they don't mention him again because they say ensign well, murphy was found unconscious yeah what about the other guy you know right? why they don't mention them again because those why? two little ferengi uh took out a professional security detail two unarmed ferengi took them out jumped on a shuttle a ferengi shuttle which by the way yeah. can we say that may have been the worst set I've ever seen on our show. The Ferengi shuttle interior was so bad. It was like they, they took two little half globes, painted, set them on, on the top of a crappy counter. The background looked horrible. It was bad. It was just on every level, I think. I'm sorry. you know. And, and some of the fans are saying to me like, oh, you're just being nice to all the episodes. You really... Always say nice things about no, this one, and no, this one stunk. And by the Robbie way, Robbie has not pulled a punch on this one at all. And by the way, I love Leslie Jordan. When I saw, oh my God, Leslie Jordan's in this episode. I love Leslie Jordan. He plays Arador in you know in, in in this episode. When I first saw Leslie Jordan, by the way, follow his Instagram. His Instagram movies are hilarious. His his clips are hilarious. He was on Will and Grace. I mean, you know, everybody knows Leslie. Oh, okay. He's short. Okay. He's flamboyant he's hilarious he's smart he's yeah. funny when i saw yeah. his name i'm like oh my god this is gonna be great right even leslie jordan wasn't it just didn't work and i'm a huge fan yeah the yeah. set this this ferengi shuttle set oh my god what do you think they could have done with that set with the ferengi shuttle set burned to make it, it look burned it <laughs> it was horrible it didn't need to be as big or like usually here's my advice to filmmakers out there when you don't have enough money to do it right yeah. tighten up your shot just make your yeah. shot tighter right. uh the tighter your shot the less you'll need the more mystery behind the actors yeah i would have tightened up the shot if i were cliff bowl i would have tightened up the shot out in that marketplace where you don't have enough of a set you don't have enough extras tighten up the shot yeah. you don't have the proper environment that's really finished and up to the quality so don't show it yeah you know go in tighter um it was bad. less is more yes less is more yes right okay so now um you know we try to beam the friend we first we try to tractor beam them uh, yes we try to tractor beam the shuttle back doesn't work then uh Janeway asks harry to beam the ferengi back to voyager but then the ferengi counter their chess move is to send out a graviton pulse, which basically stops the transporter from transporting them back. But it also sort of screwed everything up with the wormhole. The graviton pulse then mm-hmm. basically attracted the Frangi shuttle into the wormhole. And it also knocked the wormhole completely off of its subspace axis. Mm-hmm. Now it's jumping erratically mm-hmm. on both ends. 
on both ends. So it's not static in the alpha quadrant anymore, the other end. So now the question is, what, what happened to those Ferengi? They could have been, they could have been tossed anywhere, anywhere. right? So anyway, they, they could be in fluidic space. Yep. Um, yep. And Janeway says, options. And Kim sits there and very ominously says, there are none. Mm -hmm. and, was, and we realize we're screwed. We could have yes. gotten home. We were that close. That's what I'm saying. Garrett, that's what I'm saying. Janeway twisted the logic to stick us around to deal with these Ferengis when Prime Directive says this is a planet with their own beliefs and they're going to work it yeah. out. They're going to figure it yeah. out. Maybe they would have learned a lesson if we had not tried to shoot fake photon bursts to create fake stars and <laughs> trick them because that's really what we did. We tricked yeah. them. Maybe they would have learned their lesson that their song of sages was a fiction and maybe they should stop believing in that fantasy and they would have learned the lesson but we prevented them from learning their lesson that they should have learned i guess because we tricked them so and and we could have gotten home so i give this yeah. a big thumbs down okay well we all know how you feel about this episode i'm you saying you're probably um, going to rename this episode. You wouldn't even call it False Prophets. You no. would just call it Skirting the Prime Directive. That's right. Thumbs down. Thumbs down on this app. Yeah. Okay. What was your, what's your theme from this all? What's your lesson? Do not film this episode. Yes, my lesson <laughs> is just don't film it. My lesson for this episode is I wrote down magical thinking can make people do crazy things. But like mm. the beliefs that this planet, these people had made them excuse horrible, you know, exploit exploitation starts at home. Like mm -hmm. that's insanity. Why would you exploit your own family unless you have some magical thinking that's going to make you, okay, well, these are profits. I guess I should. Yeah. Magical thinking can make, make people do crazy things. Um, that would be my, that would be my, my uh theme for this yeah i like that yeah that's a lesson that's I good yeah, what's I your theme i have i don't Do know if i have a theme for this this episode you know i i was thinking like along the lines of you know i mean what is this what is this allegory here is there an allegory i mean clearly these Ferengi have taken advantage of these people to the mm -hmm. point where, you know, they are living off the high hog and everyone else is just in a state of poverty, really. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I just, I just, I just wonder if, you know, the theme here is, is sort of like not having a caste system or not having, or, or in knowing that when you have one group that has all the power that, you know, that what is that who does that serve mm -hmm. it serves nobody except for that one group that has all the power basically the, yeah and you know the in the society that we the, that we live in now that the world that we live in now it is becoming kind of like this episode in terms of you know the uber rich keep getting richer mm -hmm. you know so the bezos is out there the 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 um uh the jobs the steve jobs out there in the world they're their wealth just keeps increasing exponentially. And there's such a huge divide between the, the uber wealthy in America and the people just trying to make ends meet month to month. You well, know, look, in the, yeah. And, and in the end, this was just a big con game by these two Ferengi who were just mm -hmm. exploiting everybody. Yeah. And mm -hmm. everybody on this planet was, had nothing. Yeah. They were, yeah. you know, desperate for shoes. They were desperate yeah. for just food to feed their family. So yeah, you're right. Yeah. The gap between the haves and the have nots in this episode was clearly extraordinary. The gap. Maybe the lesson is not to follow blindly to do your due diligence. You know what I'm saying? Like come, someone can come out and say, Hey, I'm here to tell you, I have the, the answer for everything. Follow me. And yeah. people sometimes are just like, Hey, we should follow him. And everyone mm -hmm. just goes in this sort of this crowd mentality of just like, yeah, let's follow the, let's go this way. And everyone goes that way. Mm -hmm. And then no one actually does any research into, into what's happening. And they, they don't, they don't sit there but it and all, say, Hey, but this, this episode though, their, their 
uh, willingness to believe started because they had a story. Right. The Song of the Sages. They have this story that was there Correct. before. Correct. And the Ferengi just sort of came down and exploited the story and fit into mm-hmm. the story. But if they didn't have this magical story yeah. that they believe, this magical fiction that mm-hmm. they believe, mm-hmm. um, these two Ferengi would have shown up and they would have been been able to have more of a a sober look at like, who are you? How did you get here? Yeah. What is a wormhole? We don't understand wormholes yet, but you know, it's that magical thinking. It's the yeah. magical thinking is, uh, can be, a can make you do crazy things. Yeah. By the way, one Believe of the funnier lines, things. Yeah, very true. One of the funnier lines for me was when early in the episode, yeah, um, the one citizen comes up talking about, um, I, I'm not making ends meet as a as a sandal maker. I need help and this and that. And and they at the end they basically say, they replicate a copy of the rules of acquisition. And uh, the one Frankie he says replicate a copy of the rules of acquisition. Cheapest binding possible is what he said. <laughs> that line yes. cheapest binding possible is just like oh my god. That's so Ferengi. Yeah. <laughs> so Ferengi. Well, we've come to that point where we have ended our review of this episode. Yes, we have. We've covered and- it, and I'm glad to put it behind me because this was definitely <laughs> not one of my favorites. Well, I'm sure, Robbie, we're going to get some some flack online. I'm sure there's some people who do enjoy this episode. I'm sure there uh, are. That's God fine. God bless you. Yeah. I, you know, everyone to each his own. And... Uh, I know that, you know, we had Ferengi in the episode and they were a very popular, uh, you know, part of Star Trek. Species. Yeah, yeah, they were a very popular species and a very popular part of our our mythology and our our Star Trek world to a lot of people. I think there's just been better Ferengi stories and better Ferengi characters, I guess, or stories or or portrayals or all. So, yeah, not, not one of my favorites. It, it, this may not be one of your favorites, Robbie, but next week when we review, yes. remember, that might be one of your favorites. That may be one of my favorites. Never know. I can't wait to remember, remember. 